Watch Party Sunday. Are we excited? Come on, let's put our hands together again. Wow. We are so happy that you're with us today. And man, we, we pray that you have just started your day off with a win. We are all in this together. We're in God's presence. It's Sunday and it is church time. So let's go ahead and land the plane. We are in week four of the way, the way up, the way up, the way up. Yeah, I just want you to go ahead and take a moment and uh, grab a device. Go ahead and hit the share button. If you're joining us, hit the share button from whatever platform you're using. Um, Or I'd like to give you a moment to reach out to friends and family members. Maybe you want to make a quick phone call or shoot a quick text. Let them know that Highlight Church is online and we are about to encourage and lift some spirits. And so, um, yeah, yeah. Also, get ready to take some notes. Take some notes. Y'all got your notepads? Got your pens ready to go, ready to go. And uh, we're going to dive into the Word of God. It's, It's been such a fun summer. We've had a number of people uh, come to Jesus Christ. Um, we've seen God add some new superheroes onto the team. Let's celebrate these new superheroes who have joined the team. And if you don't know what a superhero is here at Highlight Church, uh, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ, but they are also our volunteers. So these are individuals who are making a difference with the gifts that God has placed on the inside of them. And we're so grateful for some of our OGs who have been with us for a couple years, but we're also very grateful for our new team members. So we're grateful you're out there, and uh, we hope you're having a lot of fun there at your, at your watch party. Let's go ahead and get into it. I want to give you some context before we, before we open the scripture. I do want to prepare you right now that I have a lot of verses uh, up front. So the first, I would say half of the message is a lot of teaching, a lot of verses, um, I just think we're all in a place where we want to know a little bit more about God yeah. and about about who he is. Uh, we all want to, at least I'd like to believe that we want to know a little bit about the Bible. And so I just, I want to bring you, I want to bring you some teaching, um, but it's all going to be practical and it's all going to make sense. So let's go ahead and dive into it. Um, you know, when times are hard, uh, we tend to want to place blame on on others or on something. When, when times get hard, we tend to we tend to want to look for a target to place the blame on. Like, why is this hard? <laughs> like, what was it? Was it you or was it them or was it him or was it her or was it this or was it then or was it that? Right. We just tend to look look more so out of a window, uh, less less in the mirror. And so, um, and none of us are strangers to hard times. I mean, that's what this series has really been about, the way up. It's been about the way, the way up and out of hard times. Like last week, we dealt with the way up and out of lack. And we talked about how the antidote to overcome a lack in our life, a lack of resources, is to be generous. It's to give. And so, um, and so... Uh, what what we're going to do here before we open the Bible, we're going to talk about the apostle Peter. Uh, Peter was Jesus's go-to guy. I I like to think of it this way because I'm I'm a basketball head. I'm a basketball geek and I'm probably um, separating about 50% of the watchers right now because you don't care anything about basketball 
or about the bubble in Orlando, Florida, and all the NBA teams. See what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, but I, I think of it this way. If, if Jesus was playing basketball, and, you know, he put all of his God stuff aside. You get what I'm saying? And he was on a team, and it was the championship, and uh, it was five seconds left on the clock. And you know, like, you're on team Jesus, so you might as well just pass him the ball. I like to think of it this way. If Jesus got the ball and the defending team threw two or three defenders at him, he was double or triple team, he would look to pass it to someone else to hit the game-winning shot, and the person he would pass it to would be Peter. So, so Peter was his go-to guy. Peter was, Peter was his go-to guy. Peter, I'm going to pass it to you. You're going to take the last shot, and you're going to hit it, and we're still going to win the championship. So when Christ left the earth, he gave the keys to the kingdom of heaven to Peter. And so we're going to dive into, into 1 Peter here in a few moments. But with regards to hard times, I would, I, would, I would argue and I would say that the early Christians had somebody that they could place the blame on. And this was a gentleman by the name of Nero, the emperor of Rome, Nero. Um, by, 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 by many debates, many would say Nero was probably easily top three most, most evil people to ever live. If you consider people like Nero and, and Hitler, easily top, top three. Nero. Nero had a lot of political ambitions. Uh, in this point in time, the children of Israel, the church of Jesus Christ, they were in Jerusalem, but Jerusalem was a part of the Roman Empire. And um, uh, Nero had political ambitions. And uh, essentially what Nero wanted to do was he wanted to tear down one third of the capital city of Rome in order to build an array of, of castles and, and palaces and villas, and he wanted to n rename Rome uh, Neuropolis, Neuropolis, because it was always about him. I mean, Nero was so crazy that he had his own mother placed in prison, and then eventually he had her killed. And so um, ju just a very, very selfish individual. And so on the evening of July 19th, 64, AD, which is around the time that we believe that first Peter was written right. around anywhere between 63 and late 64 AD, uh, July 19, 64 AD, a fire began in Rome. And this fire became so vast and, and so great that it destroyed 10 of the 14 districts in the capital city. Now, mind you, Nero himself was out at another city um, some, some, some distance away from Rome that night. And um, it's some theories that believe that he sent in some, some gangsters, some, some people from the government, some contractors to set Rome on fire. And so he would return from the coast, from the beach, uh, a few weeks later to assess the situation. And after this fire had, um, had salvaged the entire city of Rome just about, he would proceed to build these villas and these palaces. And it was all a political move because when he first wanted to do it, the Senate was not going to approve uh, that move. So he had to, we believe that he had to find out a way to tear down Rome. And he finally got his way. Now, the kicker is this, is that most people blamed the fire on Nero himself. But Nero found a way to blame it on this small Jewish sect called Christians this small Jewish sect called Christians. 
And this is about 30 years after Christ has ascended into heaven after his resurrection from the dead. And so because there was Christian prophecy that believed that Rome was going to burn by fire. And so Nero took that Christian belief and he used it as propaganda to say it was the Christians because the church was growing in influence. The church was growing in impact. The church was doing everything that Jesus had designed the church to do. And Nero, who had been possessed by the devil, said it was the Christians who started the fire in order to fulfill their, you know, in order to fulfill that self-fulfilling prophecy of Rome will burn by fire. And this started centuries upon centuries of Christian persecution. Um, Christians were fed to lions as sport and as entertainment. Um, Nero would have these garden lit parties at night where he would use Christian, the bodies of Christian believers as human torches in order to have light at night. And so what happened is Christians lost their lives. Christians were arrested. Christians were brutally beaten. Uh, Christians were prosecuted um, without trial. And so it caused Christians to disperse across the Roman Empire. They left Jerusalem and they started to go to cities like Cappadocia and so on and so forth. They scattered, they scattered, they scattered. And so Peter, Jesus' go-to guy, he writes a letter to Christians in 64 AD as they've scattered. They're discouraged. They're, 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 they're torn. They don't know what to think. Many of them are turning from their faith, wow. and, and it's just a tough time. And so Peter, in, in, in 1 Peter, he, he begins, to deal with, um, begins to deal with things like salvation and how Jesus is, is the only way to God. And in 1 Peter, he also deals with trusting God during tough times. He encourages the church to trust God. Uh, He talks about how Jesus is the perfect example when it comes to suffering. He talks about how to have a right attitude when times are hard. And and then one of the other themes or concepts that really pops out that a lot of us, I would say all of us, myself included, really don't like to talk about when it comes to hard times. This, This is weird because you're talking about Nero and Nero's government. One of the themes that he really presses into here in First Peter in his letter is this idea of honor. <laughs> such, a, such a weird spin on a, on a persecuted group, a group of people who have lost their businesses and lost their homes and who have had to restart hundreds and thousands of miles away from home. Peter has the audacity. Jesus is go-to guy has the audacity to dive into honor, and and more specifically, honoring people in authority. And and so what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk about honor today. Honor. Honor. And by God's grace, we're going to have the strength to to honor even when times are are hard. Let's go ahead and let's go to 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 12. And it reads this, it says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. So uh, Peter is addressing the church. I'll just go out here and just go ahead and say today I'm addressing the church. Today I'm, I'm preaching and teaching the believers of Christ. If you are an unbeliever, so glad you're there. 
you can, you can choose to lean in. You can take a note. You can just lean back. You can cut me off. Do whatever it is you feel comfortable with. We're glad you're here. We're glad you're in church, and we celebrate that. But um, the ones that are accountable to this word are believers. And it says this here. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior, and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Once again, Peter is addressing a scattered church. For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. So for, you ever heard that term, for Christ's sakes? For Christ's sake. And then it, that term, for Christ's sake, meant, uh, you know, it matured into what? For Pete's sake. For all, oh, for Pete's sake, comes from First Peter. For Christ, all oh, for Pete's sake, like, you know, so anyway. But uh, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. The Bible's funny. For the Lord's sake, submit, to, for Jesus' sake, submit to all God authority, to all human authority. Rather, the king as head of state, which for us would be the president, or the officials he has appointed, which would be his administration, Congress, House of Representatives. Because what we say is, well, we voted them in. Yes, we voted them in, but it was God who had the final say-so in their placement. So God placed them there. And it says this here. For the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Says it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. It's God's will that that as as believers we would live such honorable lives. As to the point where people will say, man, that's, that's a true believer in Jesus. We're not out there acting like the world. Uh, okay, let me, hold on, because I got a lot of content. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. So this is what he's saying. Peter, yes, God loves you. Yes, Jesus died for you. Yes, you're chosen. Yes, you're called. But don't use that freedom and that, that favor to do what's wrong. He says this here in conclusion, respect everyone, love the church, love the family of believers, fear God, and respect the king. Fear God and respect the king. That's Peter. So go ahead and write this down. Honor is not what we do. It's the life that we live. Honor is just not a, it's just not something we do. But it's the life that we live. So the word honor in the Greek means to place value or to give weight to. So, so to place value on someone or something. And, and it's free. So you, you freely place value on certain things. There are certain things that I value more than others. And, and God gives us this grace and this liberty to place a value on all things. Or in the Hebrew, it, it means kavod, weight, or glory. We're going we're gonna to do a series next January for our 21-day fast, and it's going to be called The Weight of Weight. So the W-E-I-G-H-T of the W-A-I-T. So the glory of waiting. It'll deal with patience and how there's a glory that you tap into when you fast and you pray and you wait on the Lord. 
And so, so it's to place value. Go ahead and write this down. To honor is to value someone no matter the circumstance. To honor is to value someone no matter the circumstance. So, so, so I'm going to try to get through this quickly because, um, like I said, I got, got a lot of scripture. And uh, a couple years ago, I, I wrote out a list of, of, of categories of people that were called to honor. This kingdom principle of honor. And so, number one, who, who we should honor, who we should honor. Number one, we should honor God. Honor God. God is, God is creator. God is self-sustaining. He is the life giver. He is the source of life. He is the savior of our souls. God is judge. So, so honor God. Honor God. That the Bible even says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So, so you grow in wisdom when you fear God. When, when, you, when you honor God, you, you don't just do anything with your life. You don't just say anything. You don't just go anywhere. Well, why can't you go? I honor God. Come on, come on. Give me a little something about them. Give me a little, tell me a little something about them. Uh, I want to honor God and I want to honor them. So, so we should honor God. Number two, go ahead and write these down. Like I said, I'm going to go quick. Honor your spouse. If you're married, honor, honor your spouse. I'll be the first to admit I have to do a better job at doing this. I have to, I have to personally do a better, better job at honoring this, this beautiful thing to my left. Pastor Kyra. PK. She's like, babe, preach. Yeah. <laughs> it's a heavy word. I got to lighten it up, you know? Yeah, right. And, and this is the deal. Whenever we go through a tough time, like these Christians who are scattered, Satan begins to work on marriages. Yeah. Wow. Right? I mean, just think about it. They leave Jerusalem, family, connections, businesses, synagogue, church. They have to leave Jerusalem. And, and, and for some of them, all they have is their spouse. Yeah. So we're for each other, but man, when the days get long and when they get tough, the only person I have to attack is you. But because I got to take my emotions out on somebody and you're the easiest target. So, so honor your spouse. And in a time like COVID-19, in a year like 2020, if you're married, the first person, if you're not careful, you're going to attack is going to be your spouse. So honor your spouse. It says Ephesians 5, it says this, And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as you do to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of his body, the church. The word submit means to go through. So what Paul is saying here to the church in Ephesus, he's saying, Women, in every decision that you make, Big, small, or in between, in every decision that you make, consider your husband. What does he think? What is his opinion? What is his insight? But because God, God is going to speak through him to you, especially if he's a follower of Jesus. I go as far as saying this, women. If he loves the Lord, he is worthy of your respect. If he follows Jesus, he is worthy of your honor. And it says this here, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. 
That's a big word in the Greek there, that everything, everything. You, you, you want to know what it means in the Greek? It means everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. I love this here. He gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. So, so husbands, be affectionate. Consider your wives. Check on your wives proactively. I'll be the first to admit, I have to grow in this area of checking on my wife proactively. I can't just allow it to go days on and days in without saying, babe, how are you doing today? One great thing to ask your spouse in this season, ask them, how can I make your day better? That's, good. That's, that's a great way to honor your spouse because we're all carrying some weight right now. Yeah. But how can I make your day better? Number three, honor your parents. Honor your parents. Exodus 20 says this, honor your father and mother. This is what God said. Then you will live a long time full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. Well, I don't know my dad. Honor him. He was never there. Honor him. My mom was never emotionally there. Honor her. But because they're the two individuals that God used to bring you into the world. And, and, and he knew, he knew whether through marriage or whether through wedlock, I'm going to bring this beautiful individual into the world. And, 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 and that person that they brought into the world, who is you, you have purpose and destiny on your life. So, so don't undermine your purpose and your destiny and your potential by dishonoring and being bitter with your parents. So God says, honor your mother and your father and live long in the land that I'm giving you. So they may have not been a great dad or a great mom, but God has still promised you land. He's still promised you destiny. He's still promised you purpose. You got to give them weight and give them value, honor, honor mom and dad. I, I go as far as to saying this, as God continues to bless you and grow you in your faith, position yourself to minister to your parents. Well, my dad was never there. Okay, go and, go and find him and, and, and bless him and minister to him so that he knows that God is real and that God is good in your life. Honor your parents. Next one, honor your neighbor. So that's the person next to you. Honor your neighbor. Here it is. Jesus said this in Mark 12. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's the golden rule. That's what we call it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Help your neighbor out. And, and this doesn't mean next door, right? This means anyone, anyone that you come across. Treat them with that honor and that respect as you would so yourself. Next one, this is a big one. Honor your spiritual leaders. Honor your spiritual leaders. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Two big words, obey and do. Their work is to watch over your souls, and they are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be to your benefit. Right now in a season like this, I, I just got to help paint a picture for you. Uh, uh, there's been a, a portal in the spiritual realm that has been opened, 
and unleashed to, to oppress the pastor in this season. And right now, Satan wants nothing more for pastors to be discouraged and to quit and to drown and to be anxious and to be sick and to close the doors of the church. Pastors are under unprecedented attack, demonic attack, political attack, even attack from within the church. So, so, so Hebrews, we don't know who the author is, but he's writing to a similar crowd because they were scattered also, that letter to the Hebrews. He says, obey them and make it easy. Do what they tell you to do. So if you find yourself a part of a church and your pastor tells you to do something, what God is saying, what the scripture is saying, he's saying, do what they tell you. It's become this thing, well, you know, like highlight the city week. We're going to be serving in a couple weeks here in August. We're going to be shining and spreading the love of Jesus Christ across our city. For me, for me, if my pastor issues a vision or an edict to go and serve the city, it's not optional at that point. Well, you know, I might show up. I thought about going to the beach that week. Change your plans. Change your plans. God says do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. This is the way I see this. Spiritual leadership is a covering over your life. It's an umbrella. And how many of us know when it rains, it pours. When life gets hard, it gets hard. What you don't want to do is dishonor your covering. When you start to dishonor your spiritual leadership, you start to poke holes in the umbrella that God has given you to keep you dry when it rains. So, So pray for your pastors. Thank your pastors. Support your group leaders, whatever church you're at. Support your deacons. If they're worthy of your honor and your, your support, not every leader is perfect, but support them. Listen, I am, I am unequivocally, unapologetically all for the pastor. I'm a pastor's pastor. I will always be on the pastor's team. I love the church, but the Bible says that Jesus gave these gifts. He gave the pastors, the prophets, the evangelists, the teachers, and the apostles. And we have to be for each other. The church has to understand that the pastors, the evangelists, the teachers, the prophets, and the apostles are gifts from Christ. So when you dishonor and devalue the gift of Christ, it leaves no value in your life. I can't bring the value into your life that I'm called to bring if you devalue me. Y'all having fun? We still watch parties. (laughs) And we've lost this art. We've lost this art. I I got some unbelievers watching this right now like, this is good. The church is tight. (laughs) Unbelievers like, this is good. He talking truth. Y'all should be clapping. Because it's real. Right? But we've, you know, we go to our workplace and we poke holes. This, this, I don't like this supervisor. I don't like this leader. I don't like this pastor. And just, we stay wet and drenched. We wonder why we can't get dry. Because we, everywhere we go, we poke holes. And I mean, it's political, it's, it's spiritual, and it's within the church. We, we gotta, we got, as a matter of fact, I gotta, 
I got a text recently. This is the kind of stuff you ought to be. Why are you stand on this point so much, Pastor? Because I'm a pastor. This unapologetically for leaders. And this doesn't get pastors the green light to abuse people. But but if, if you got a good leader who ain't did nothing to you, honor them. It says this, I, I got this text Monday, July 6, 8.47 p.m. Such a weird time to send a text. They could have sent it two minutes earlier. 8.47. This individual said, uh, he sent me Malachi 4.6. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. And, and then they went on to say this. They said, keep on pressing, Pastor. God is using you. Do all that you think is best. I am with you, heart and soul. Write this down. Ask yourself this. When's the last time I sent my pastor a message like that? I do all that you think. You, you know how much, how much weight that lifts off uh, of the person that God has called to lead you? Because where your spiritual leadership goes, you go. Next one, honor government. <laughs> let, me, let me get through this quick now. I don't want to get in trouble here. Come on, real quick. Let's take a pause. Let's put our hands together and lighten it up. Come on, come on. Come on. Come on. This is a good word. This is a good word. I'm getting blessed by this. No worries. We got Anna Domini next Sunday, the year of the Lord's favor. and. Got a series about faith after that. I, I got to get it in in this series. Right. We about to give you marshmallows and cupcakes for the next two months. So I'm a got to get it in. Honor government. Here it is. Romans 13 says this. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right. They will honor you. I was talking to somebody recently as, as a black man. I was talking to someone recently about how I understand that things can get out of control in, in some of these police stops. But I was always taught, and, and Dad, if you're watching, I love you so much for this. I was always taught, son, when they pull you over because you are black, present your hands and put them on the steering wheel. And you address them as officer sir ma'am officer you don't move and you do what they tell you to do and so some would argue well we die anyway when we do what is right and I was talking to an individual and I just told them I'd rather die doing what God tells me to do than resisting arrest and already adding fuel to the fire because I am black. Yeah. 
So what good is that going to do us anyway if they still shoot us? Well, if you're a believer in Jesus, you're going to heaven. So what does it matter anyway? And if they caught it on camera, I'll be justified. And that's the problem. Yes, we need to fight for justice. But we can fight for so much justice in this dying world that if we're not careful, we can miss heaven. Because the focus is off. So you, you'll never catch me on, on TV. Pastor Joshua Redding has gotten arrested. And, and the cop telling me not to resist arrest like this. I'm not resisting. I'm not resisting. I'm not resist. You, you okay? Please don't resist arrest, sir. You'll just catch me drop, riding on off. You'll, uh, John, uh, Representative John Lewis just died. He was, a, he was a legend in the civil rights movement. He walked with um, Martin Luther King. And, and, and John Lewis said, we need to learn how to get in good trouble. Um, King is probably, we, we think we're honoring King. King is rolling in his grave. We're out here protesting, painting buildings and throwing rocks in windows and breaking down businesses. This is not, this is not the way to do this. This is not the way to do this. As a matter of fact, back in the civil rights movement, before they went to protest, they gathered at the church and they prayed because the precedent was God. How are we going to go do this? We're going to do it peacefully. They hit us upside the head. So what? It's real. But we'd rather die doing what's right. Woo! We'd rather die doing what's right than dishonoring God and dying in the process. Oh, we're not going to. This is the message right here. You guys asked me, is it, this is my favorite series of the year. Because we thought the way up was, oh, yes, we're going to throw me a rope, God, and, and bless. No, no, th this way up is all about getting me right. When it's hard, I got to get me right. I get me right. Get me right. And that, that's what made King so powerful. FB, they tried everything, and they had to take him out with a bullet because he would not respond. He would rather honor God. Honor government. Do what is right. Verse 4, the authorities are God's servants. Sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid. For they have the power to punish you. I love the Bible. I love the Bible. How real it is. Man, you know, I slapped that cop up his head at the protest. Jesus, I might get arrested. You should be scared. You hit a cop. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must, God says this, you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also keep a clear conscience so this is the thing honor god and honor government the only time that you dishonor government that you begin to place your values about government down yeah. is when the laws of the government yeah. begin to oppose the word of god yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 
Other than that, God is saying, they're saying wear a mask, wear a mask. They're saying, you know, quarantine, quarantine. They say you're non-essential, you're non-essential. You're not going to find any of that in Scripture. But, but it's when they start saying no singing in church. Oh, no. All right. Now, that opposes the word. For everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. No, no in-home Bible studies. This is, when we, this is when we have a civil discourse. This is when we debate. This is when we begin to vote. This is when we, but there, there's a way to honor the government and maintain a clear conscience. But because the way we attack on social media and the way we attack, the way, this is my thing. For everyone who's against our current president, do you think he's losing sleep because you're hating on him? He's not losing any sleep. You're going to bed up at night. You're going to bed wishing Obama was back in office. Did Obama lose sleep over his haters? You were losing sleep. You couldn't wait until the eight years were up. He's saying, guard your conscience. Honor who's in office. You may, you may not like the person, but honor the position. Honor the position. Go ahead and write this down. Disagree, don't devalue. Disagree, don't devalue. <sighs> Next one, honor, honor supervisors. Honor your workplace leaders. It says this here, servants, Ephesians 6, respectfully obey your earthly masters. Just semantics. These are supervisors, workplace leaders but always with an eye to obey the real master, Christ. Don't just do what you have to do to get by, but work heartily as Christ's servants, doing what God wants you to do, and work with a smile on your face. Always keeping in mind that no matter who happens to be giving the orders, you're really serving God. Good work will get you good pay from the master talking about the Lord, regardless whether you are slave or free. Honor your supervisors. And it makes, we call it make some space on your face. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Woo! Here it is. Honor those you lead. If, if you're over a staff or a team, honor. If you have children, honor them. And this is the name of this sermon, halfway through it. Y'all ready? The name of the title of this sermon is Honor Up, Down, and All Around. That is, that's a value here at, at Highlight Church. So real quick, how do we honor? Just giving you some steps. Told you this was, this was a teaching sermon. How do we honor? Number one, we recognize people. We recognize people. I want, I want to encourage you to, to pause to recognize people in your life. Recognize them. Rec recognize that they were created by God, created in his image. Every person that you pass through, they have God-given potential. They are contributors to the world. Recognize people. Number two, we appreciate people. Appreciate people. It says this in, 
in 2 Samuel, he said, May the Lord be loyal to you in return and reward you with his unfailing love. And I too, not just God, because that's easy. May God bless you, brother. But he says this, and I too will reward you for what you have done. So I'm going to give you a gift card. I'm going to give you verbal affirmation. I'm going to show up and and serve dinner when you least expect it. I'm going to appreciate you because you're amazing. we got to learn how to appreciate people. Appreciate people. And then number three, celebrate. How do we honor? We celebrate people. I love this here, Proverbs 3:27. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. When we know that people deserve celebration and honor, we ought to do it. Yeah. We ought to do it. Don't withhold it. Celebrate people. All right, real quick, three ways that God uses honor. Three ways that God uses honor. I'll be landing the plane here in about 10 minutes. Y'all okay? All right. God uses honor to see if he can, number one, trust us. He's looking at our honor meter. Can I trust you with with that relationship? Can I trust you with that opportunity? I'm seeing how well you're going to honor it. When I gave you the opportunity, I placed great value on it. Will your value of the opportunity surpass or match the value that I placed on it when I gave it to you? Or will you squander it? Can, can he, he does it to see if he can trust us with more. Will you honor the influence and the platform I've given you? Will you honor me first in the finances through budgeting, through being wise. Will you honor me by taking care of the resource I've given you? He's seeing if he can trust us with more. The second way that God uses honor is to see if he can bless us. See if he can bless us. You know, I, no, no feather on my cap, but I, I, I won't lie to you. I was, I was a pretty good kid growing up in, in elementary. And um, I, had, I had a principal. His name was Dr. Massey. I mean, Mr. Massey, he is, whoo, I love Mr. Massey. He is, he's one of my favorite guys. And so um, he, was, he was our principal from kindergarten to fifth grade. And uh, we went throughout the years, you know, went on through college. And uh, my mother ran into him in a grocery store when I was a freshman in undergrad at Florida a University. And so I was about to come home for the summer and I needed a job. And at this time I was between pre-pharmacy and pre-medicine. And um, uh, Dr. Massey told my mom, he said, uh, when, when Josh comes back into town, have him reach out to me. I got a friend that can hook him up with, with a job. And so his best friend was the district manager of uh, Publix Pharmacies in Orlando, Florida. And um, he oversaw 17 stores all across Orange County. And so I go back home and Publix uh, calls me in for an interview and I go in and I nail it. <laughs> And um, we're, we're, we're in the lighter part of the message now. The rest are all stories, okay? Come on, put our hands together. We're almost halfway through this thing. And so um, I go in and I, I nail the interview and um, I get the job. And they hire me as a pharmacy technician. No schooling, no credentials, no formal training. 
They hire me as a pharmacy technician, and I also become the highest paid pharmacy tech, pharmacist tech in the district. Got, got, and it's all, it was all tied into how my principal remembered. Little Joshua Redding never gave Richmond Heights Elementary any problems. He was always honorable. So, so, so God uses honor to, to bless us. When you honor people, when you honor process, in a future time, God will, God will expedite your process. So, so he uses it to, to bless us and to put us places where we're not supposed to be. The third way God uses honor is he does it to promote us. Promote us. I think about Joseph in Genesis. Uh, Joseph went from receiving this big dream from God, and he was a shepherd boy at the time. He watched the sheep of his father, and then his brothers were jealous of him, but he was an honorable young man. So they sold him off to, to some traders, and these traders sold him off to Potiphar. And so he went from being a shepherd to a servant in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says in Genesis that in everything that Joseph did, the Lord prospered him. So, so he honored as a shepherd, he honored as a servant. And then Potiphar's wife had a thing for Joseph, and Joseph wanted to honor Potiphar, so he ran away from her. But she made up a story, and he ended up in prison. So he went from shepherd to servant to prison. And the Bible says in everything he did, God blessed it because he honored the place of prison. He honored the process. And the warden made him the top jailer within prison. He oversaw everything in the prison. And then he got a chance to interpret the dream of Pharaoh, the most powerful man in the world. And then Pharaoh brought him up to be prime minister the second most powerful man in the world, yeah. all because he honored. He honored as a shepherd. He honored as a servant. He honored as a prisoner. And now he's prime minister. And the Bible went on to say that he had become a father to Pharaoh. Right. So yeah. Pharaoh was no longer, he was positionally the most powerful man in the world, yeah. but the most powerful man in the world was Joseph. Wow. Honor. Honor. What kind of value are you placing on 2020? Could God be testing you? What kind of value are you placing on that, that cash register job, that part-time job, that, that little responsibility that, that doesn't mean a lot? What, what, place a lot of, I want to encourage you, place a lot of value on that. God is going to use it to promote you. And here we are. We're going to go ahead and land the plane. Why should we honor? Well, I gave you three ways, which is really the why, but here it is. This is why we should honor. Number one, because all failure is the result of dishonoring people and or process. All failure is the result of dishonoring people and or process. This is my sophomore year. I was taking statistics. A second year in undergrad and, uh, this was the week before finals. And so I went home and I, 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 you know, I was packing my bag and I went. And I said, woo, woo, no more statistics until next week to finals time. And I came back the next week for my final and went into, uh, went, went into our finals and got our, got our packing and I started taking my test. 
And I noticed about nine or ten minutes after I started taking my test, I started to see some of my classmates get up and turn their test in. Okay, pretty smart. They must have studied real hard, real long. All right, <laughs> I'm here. About five more minutes. It's 15 minutes. It's passed. It's myself and another classmate, just two of us in the classroom taking our test. And so another 25 minutes goes by. It's 40 minutes, and we both get up around the same time, and we turn in our final. I, for, I forget my teacher's name, but I said, um, man, I mean, <laughs> I guess everyone studied real, real hard or something. <laughs> he said, uh, Mr. Redding, um, did you not bring your finals review packet with you? I said, no. He said, Mr. Redding, at the end of class last week, and I remember, he said, while you were packing your bag and I was speaking. He said, um, I told the class to bring their finals review packet and that they were going to be able to use it for the finals. And come to find out, he said, and actually the review packet was the final. So all you had to do was transfer your answers to the final. And so I had a high B in the, I had, a, I had a high B, which had I just made a B, I would have got an A. I ended up getting a C on my own on that final, and I ended up getting a low B for my final grade when I could have gotten an A. All failure, all forms of failure in your life is the result of dishonoring people and or process. And what will tend to happen is God will give you, life is cyclic. We'll wonder why we haven't made it to the next level in something and we keep ending up in the same level. It's because maybe in our past we dishonored a certain process and we continue to dishonor. I just can't seem to. So so you got to honor. Number two, so honor today, then reap honor tomorrow. So honor today, reap honor tomorrow. I remember our, our previous ministry, we, we transitioned so well, so well out of our previous ministry. And we honor, we respect it. You know, they, they, they prayed for us and, and sent us about our way. And, and I know that the, the, the salvations and the life change and the baptisms and how God has honored Highlight Church has a lot to do with how we left our previous season. Yeah. We sowed seeds of honor yeah. back here seeds of honor we establish roots of honor right now we're living in a time where people are just leaving workplaces they're burning bridges leaving relationships leaving churches sowing seeds of discord and division and god cannot bless your future you you remember the integrity week two david walked up to saul he could have killed him he just cut off a corner And David felt bad about that because he said, that's the king. David understood, if I kill the person that's in the king on the throne now, I'm going to be sowing seeds of dishonor into my future. So so you determine the harvest that you want to receive based upon the honor or dishonor that you're sowing today. Last but not least, we honor here. Because heaven is home. We honor here because heaven is home. 
just a couple days back, it's my wife's first time hearing this, but we were stopped at a gas station and uh, obviously, evidently, I ran into a gentleman and he had, must have had a last day at work and I must have bumped him twice. His name was Bubba. We were in Virginia. His name was Bubba. Had a big truck. And, uh, you know, Chris was with me and everything. I, I, didn't tell, I didn't tell them. I just got in the car and make sure we got fast and got out of, got out of there because I didn't know how he felt. But he was at one register and I was at the other. He was first. So first of all, I, I grabbed my Doritos and I had to go. Past, I, I didn't see him in line. Say, hey, he said, yeah, I'm in line. So I, I walked around him. He made room for me. I got behind him. And then he had the register on this side. I had the register on this side. The lady called me up, but I'm like, man, I, I need to get my peanut M&Ms, and I got to go a little bit around Bubba to grab him. So I, I, I didn't touch him. Grab my M&Ms. And I do think, though, I think my shirt kind of brushed his back. And so I'm, I'm checking out, and, and, and Bubba, he, he said something vulgar. We're in church. And he said, now you done bumped me twice now. And I just looked him in his eye and I said, I'm sorry, I apologize. And I proceeded to check out. You know, in a time like this, people are on edge. I said, I'm sorry and I apologize. And you can just sense his whole deal just. All because it just, I, I shot him a little honor. I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't feel like I touched you, but I'm sorry. I apologize. And it just, like, what am I even mad for? We, we, we got to, we've been looking for aliens for a long time. Let me encourage you, church. You are an alien. This is not your home. And, and because heaven is your home, you got to learn to take the high road. We're so offended. Learn, learn to take the high road. Oh, you know, he's, he done said something crazy on the news again. That's just who he is. They tweeted or commented that again. That's just who they are. Learn to take the high road so that we can defeat the spirits of dishonor and anger that seek to attach themselves to people in society. Just adding fuel to the fire. We honor here because heaven is our home. And that's what Peter is trying to get to the church. He's saying, I know Nero's crazy, but guess what? In about four years, he's going to commit suicide. He's just a puppet of the enemy. Your home is heaven. The thing that's agitating you right now, it's an agent of Satan. And it wants to get you to dishonor God and dishonor people and dishonor process so that you will always stay down. Same thing with Hitler. They found him in a bunker. Our home is heaven. So we honor no matter the circumstance. So you guys remember, go ahead. We're going to close this out. Week one was all about humility. That's your H. 
Week two was all about integrity. That's your I. Yeah. The way up. Week three was all about generosity. Yeah. That's your G. And we're finishing with honor. Yeah. That's your H. Yeah. So, so no matter how hard life gets or no matter how low you feel, if you would live with humility, if you would do what is right, That's right. if you would be generous, yes. and if you would live with honor, God will always lift you up. He'll always. <laughs> He'll always lift you up. And I know this series hasn't been pretty, but it's been right. It's been right. Praise the Lord. I'm sorry if I held you guys long. Was the word good today? Was it good? Come on, let's, let's put our hands together. Let's put our hands. Come on, come on, let's, let's now intercede. If there's anyone out there and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, God is in love with you. He, he's so in love that he sent his son to die on a cross. To die in, in your place, to die in my place so that he could have a relationship with you. And his plan is so big and is so great for your life. And so I just want to give you an invitation to come to God today and have a brand new start in Christ. And if that be you, and if you say, hey, I'm, I am done. I, I want to honor God. I want to be blessed. I want God to use me. If you want to come to Christ today, I'd invite you to just pray this prayer along with me. Repeat this prayer after me. Everyone here, let's just intercede. Let's intercede. You repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. Jesus, I thank you for living a sinless life, for shedding your blood on the cross for my forgiveness. I turn and give my life to you. I am yours. Fill me with the gift of your spirit. Make me new in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, church. Let's celebrate one more time. Yeah. So, hey, we love you guys so much. Go ahead and have some fun at your watch parties. We'll see you next week for a brand new series.